I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, Marvel and Hulu have delivered a solid and satisfying first season of their latest show, Runaways. I'll tell you why I'm looking forward to season two. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. I saw the latest Steven Spielberg movie, The Post, starring up-and-coming young actors Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. I'll tell you if I think they have a shot at Hollywood stardom. Plus... Well, I'll tell you what's new on home video this week. First, it's the news. From the couch... The Grey's two-hour event. Hey, stranger. The return of an ex. Who are you? Kicks off one love triangle after another. April said something to me about you ringing into me. Did you get home? I'm a frickin' warrior queen. Television's most addictive drama. Surprise. <laughs> have you met anyone significant? You have to step away. You don't get to talk to her like that. Is back. Listen up! Grey's Anatomy star Ellen Pompeo will be the highest paid woman on a television drama next year. She has reportedly signed a new two-year deal that will see her earn $20 million each year. Her per-episode earnings will be $575,000 an episode. Right now, Amelia Clark and Lena Headey on Game of Thrones are the highest paid women at $500,000 per episode. The highest paid actress overall, though, is the Big Bang Theory's Kaylee Cuoco, who earns $900,000 an episode alongside her original four co-stars. This new deal also means Grays will be on through seasons 15 and 16, assuming the ratings don't fall off. If you've never heard of it, it's a medical drama where they all save lives and fall in love and stuff. There was a Dr. McGreamy that she went with. If you want to break up with me so you can see other women, just do it. Don't tell me you met another woman. Just end it if that's what you want. I can't. Sure you can. Here's how it goes. Meredith, I don't want to see you anymore. Meredith. I don't love you anymore. I don't know. I do. Then they got engaged. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Then he died. Ma'am, is this the home of Derek Shepard? It is. He's my husband. I'm afraid there's been an accident. Ouch. Oh, should be laughing. Uh, I don't know what happened next. I mean, I know he died, but I don't know what happened next with her. They'll have to find two more years worth of stories for Dr. Gray, though. And given this payday, maybe even more. Series creator Shonda Rhimes told The Hollywood Reporter, Gray's anatomy will last for, quote, as long as Ellen wants to do it. Do you want to get rid of the Sif or not? Just shut up and drop him. Meredith, go away! Oh, George, I thought you could use some moral support. No, no moral support. I'm indisposed here. George, it's not a big deal. And you have a cute butt. Honey, mm -hmm. what would happen if the greatest scientists on Earth got together to mate nature's two most violent predators? Are we talking about Croctopus in 3D? At 210. Book it! ABC's Modern Family is coming to an end after its 10th season next year. The sitcom's co-creators Steve Levitan and Christopher Lloyd confirmed this week what was hinted at last year when ABC renewed the show for two more years. That means no more Claire and Phil. Phil is going to bomb. It's not that he's not fun. He is so fun. He's just not funny. It's probably my fault because I laugh at all of his jokes with my mouth. Not with my eyes. I see the great realtor Margaret Wilson is here, looking more curvaceous than ever. Talk about your balloon payments. (laughs) (laughs) 
Her eyes really were dead in that clip. No more Mitch and Cam. Wait, 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 wait what are you doing? Uh, we're just going to buy some diapers. It'll just take a second. This is Costco. Yeah, which is where we buy diapers. Since when? Do you remember when we adopted that baby? A few months back? Since then. Mitchell is a snob. No, 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 I'm, I'm discerning. Official slogan for snobs. When we first met, he wouldn't even look at me because I was a hick from the farm in Missouri and he's a big city mouse. Who says city mouse? Country mice. No more modern family means no more Jane Gloria. Sorry, sorry. Once I changed the earrings, I had to change the shoes. And then I tried on one of Gloria's old dresses, which made me feel like a 10-year-old boy. Uh, your body is beautiful. I agree. Take it outside the family. Okay, we're ready to go. Oh, wait. I had the wrong lipstick. Oh, that's it. I've had it. It's one minute. Nothing takes a minute with you. We're leaving right now. I don't care what you have to do. It's bad enough you're being rude to me, but you're being rude to the people sitting there waiting for us. Sorry, you're the first to arrive, and we can't seat you till everyone's here. I hope you're happy. You also heard Manny and Haley in there. Don't forget about Alex and Luke and Lily and the other little kid whose name I can't remember and don't oh, really care. Joe, Joe. it's Joe. Isn't what about it Joe? Yeah, you're right. What yeah. about the dog? Uh, don't know. Okay, Lucy. <laughs> uh, the show's 200th episode, by the way, recently aired and scored 5.8 million viewers. That's a decent audience, but in the past, Modern Family would grab 14 million viewers. It was also named Outstanding Comedy Series at the Emmys for its first five years on the air. The show has also made big stars out of some of the cast, including Sofia Vergara, who plays Gloria. Day! 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 <laughs> she made $41.5 million last year, largely in part to her many endorsement deals, so that put her at the top of Forbes' highest-paid TV actresses list for the sixth year in a row. There is talk, though, that season 10 might not be it for the Pritchett clan. There are talks of a spin-off. I don't like that idea. Just let it go. I was in and out in three minutes, young lady, and it was your sty medication I was picking up. It's a lot of bracelets there, buddy. Just ignore them. They're being sheep. If I'd listened to what other people said, I'd never rock my 90s frosted tips. We've got pictures. No, we don't. I was asleep before. That's how we let it happen. When they slaughtered Congress, we didn't wake up. When they blamed terrorists and suspended the Constitution, we didn't wake up then either. Now I'm awake. My name is Alfred. I had another name. Hulu has announced the premiere date and launched the first trailer for season two of The Handmaid's Tale. Here's the quick and dirty on The Handmaid's Tale, which is based on the book by Canadian author Margaret Atwood. In the world of The Handmaid's Tale, very few children are being born because a lot of people are sterile. Thanks to pollution and STDs and stuff, the United States government has been overthrown by a Christian military faction that now rules the Republic of Gilead. And in Gilead, many women are forced to be handmaids. And they are forced to have sex with their commanders in an attempt to be impregnated. It's an awful, awful society. And season one was a triumph of storytelling. It won best drama at the Emmys and Golden Globes. And season one ended where the book ends. So season two is going to be completely new territory. And no one knows what to expect. Here's a clip from that new trailer. There's something happening here. All right, fine. What? 
There, there is not even one line of dialogue in the trailer. Instead, we just get this creepy version of Buffalo Springfield's Stop Children, What's That Sound? But we do get lots of gorgeous imagery. Season 2 will follow Offred, a.k.a. June, and her pregnancy as she continues to fight for freedom in the dystopia of Gilead. It debuts April 25th with two episodes on Hulu in the U.S. and on Bravo in Canada. If you missed Season 1, you can and should Watch it on Crave TV. We only wanted to make the world better. Better? Better never means better for everyone. Remember your scripture. Blessed are the meek. And blessed are those who suffer for the cause of righteousness. News this week about a new Avengers TV show. But wait, no, not that Avengers. This one. Emma Peel. Doctor. Atomic scientist. Poet. How now, brown cow? Meteorologist. Physicist. Marksman. Are you paying attention? Remember the movie called The Avengers from 1998? Probably not. But it starred Uma Thurman as Emma Peel and Ray Fiennes as... John Steed. Agent. Member of secret elite intelligence arm. Traditional. Good morning, Constable. Stylish. Reserved. Lethal. Dr. Peel, I presume. Please, don't get up. I wasn't going to. It was a British spy thing based on a TV show from the 60s. There were a lot of movies in the 90s based on TV shows from the 60s, thanks to the success of Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible. But this one sucked and sucked hard. It also featured Sean Connery as the scenery-chewing bad guy. Now is the winter of your discontent. The weather is no longer in God's hands, but in mine. Hundreds of millions will die. They'll drown, burn, freeze. And this is merely the beginning. Let our revels begin. After tea. Of course. It was a huge bomb. It made $23 million worldwide on a $60 million budget. And it currently is at 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, of course, it's being remade. But it will be a TV show this time around. Warner Brothers has commissioned it. And it will be set in the 60s like the old original TV show. Weirdly enough, it's being remade by Shane Black, who directed Iron Man 3. Lesson number one. Heroes. There is no such thing. That's not an Avengers movie, but it does have a lot of the same people. Black also made one of my favorite movies from two years ago, The Nice Guy, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Hey, they're both named after birds. You beat people up and charge money? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? How much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet? What? How much you got? 20 bucks? That's good. This conversation no is over. Now they want everyone to forget about that garbage Avenger movies from the 90s and consider this new one to be based on the TV show. That show, by the way, starred Diana Rigg as Emma Peel for three seasons. We all know her now as Elena Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Frankly, I think it was a mistake getting rid of her on that show. She was a joy to watch. No word yet on when the new show will debut. John Steen. You'll pay for that. I just want you to know how sorry we are that, that things got so f***ed up with us and, and Mr. Wallace. It, 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 we, we got into this thing with the best intentions, really. I never... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that. Please, con 
continue. A lot of names have been floated around for the next Quentin Tarantino film, and this week one was confirmed. Leonardo DiCaprio, who previously worked with Tarantino in Django Unchained. Boomhilda is my property, and I can choose to do with my property whatever I so desire. Tarantino's new movie will be about the Manson family murders, so yay. His last three movies have involved slavery twice and Nazis once, now the Manson family. Anyone else starting him is Jules Butch and Vincent Vega. No word on Leo's role other than confirming that it is not Charles Manson. Other names that are just rumors so far include Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Lawrence, Tom Cruise, Al Pacino, and Sam Jackson. Pretty sure we can count on Sam Jackson to be in it. The unnamed film, Tarantino's Ninth, is set for release August 9th, 2019. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It will be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. A new trailer has debuted for the new Tomb Raider reboot movie starring Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft, the iconic character from video games dating back to the mid-1990s. You heard a second voice in there. That's martial artist extraordinaire Daniel Wu, who is the star of the AMC show Into the Badlands and one of the co-stars of one of Jeff's favorite recent movies, Geostorm. Woo! The bad guy in Tomb Raider is played by Walton Goggins. What are you doing here? Laura, seven years I've been on this island. Your father, he put me here. Now I see the likeness, intelligence, the recklessness. What do you know about my father? Laura's father is played by Dominic West. than boardrooms and business deals. There's an organization called Trinity. It's looking to start a global genocide. Dad, Junior had a bigger holiday. He had a knack for the unexpected. Angelina Jolie previously played the character in 2001's Lara Croft Tomb Raider and in 2003's Lara Croft Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life, which Jeff also starred from Geostorm, Gerard Butler. Gross. Those movies took place after Lara was already an established Tomb Raider. This new film happens at the beginning of all that. Vikander looks like she's up for the challenge in Tomb Raider, which debuts March 16th. Put it down! It's your finger that's pulling this trigger. You messed with the wrong family. That is the news from The Couch. Up next, we'll quickly tell you what's coming to home video this week. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Mr. Lodge? Yes. You know a character named Rizzoli? He's a loan shark. If you were into the mob for money, that might explain what happened to your wife. Hi, pal. Brett, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes having a quick look at what's coming to home video this upcoming week. What's that? That's Suburbicon starring Matt Damon and Oscar Isaac, directed by George Clooney. And it was a huge bomb. Uh, made $5.7 million worldwide. Ooh, my. Yeah, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Clooney likes to direct these quirky little movies. uh, He had some help from the Coen brothers on this one, but nope, didn't do it for anybody. So there he goes, looking for Second Life on Digital HD next Tuesday. Okay. Over on DVD, hard copies of Jigsaw and the 
aforementioned Geostorm. Oh my goodness, yeah. you must be excited for that. <laughs> I've already got my hard copy. Oh, Warner Brothers sent you a copy, did they? Did. They? Oh. Thanks. Thank you very much for that, Warner Brothers. I will cherish it always. <laughs> How many times? It actually is a lot of fun. It's a fun movie to watch. Really? Yeah. It's probably one of those movies you're going to grow to like more and more every time you watch it. Yeah, probably. You and your, you and Joel can have uh, viewing parties. I wish we could have actually uh, vote for Andy Garcia to be president of anything. Really? He plays the president. Oh, man. Yeah, Jigsaw as well. That was a film. This was the attempted resurrection of the Saw franchise. I think it's the eighth the eighth uh, Saw movie, and <sighs> for by all accounts, it was terrible. Uh, pointless, really. I don't know why they, they saw fit. Saw fit! That was Nar- unintentional. Is it a prequel? Like uh, this guy died early, like in number two or number three, didn't he? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched. I saw all of the seven movies except for this one, and each one got progressively worse. I think the seventh one actually was okay, but it just felt like okay. Let's just get this over with already. So I once read all the Wikipedia plot entries for those movies. I just wanted to know what they were about, but there's no way I was going to watch them because it was too gross. But. And in each plot was, and then he died horribly. Up next, Jeff's going to give you a review of the post. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. I went to the movies this week to see one I had eagerly been anticipating. Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks star in Steven Spielberg's The Post. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear. I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one either. Do you have the papers? Not yet. The papers they're speaking about are the Pentagon Papers, leaked government files regarding the Vietnam War. This is a devastating security breach that was leaked out of the Pentagon. The most highly classified documents of the war. The Times has 7,000 pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for 30 years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Movies set in the early 70s, so these leaked documents, they're actual documents, boxes with papers in them, no computer files. Tom Hanks plays Ben Bradley, the editor-in-chief of the Washington Post. The New York Times got the leaked papers and he wants them too. His boss is Meryl Streep. She plays the owner of the Post, Kay Graham, the first woman to be the publisher of a big-time newspaper. Kay, people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper, that she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices. Thank you, Arthur, for your frankness. Yeah, she doesn't seem like she's too worried about that part of it. You should see the look she gives him, but she is a little bit worried on the inside. Like everyone else, she's worried because they're playing with fire. You're talking about exposing years of government secrets. Is that legal? What is it you think we do here for a living, kid? Ben, I might have something. It must be precious cargo. It's just government secrets. If you'd publish. We'll be at the Supreme Court next week. Meaning? Well, we could all go to prison. There are obviously a lot of parallels from then to now vis-a-vis the tension between the media and a presidential administration. That resonated strongly throughout the movie, And but I think the larger theme is Meryl Streep's place as a woman in a man's world. The news came back then very much a boys' club, as were a lot of aspects of society. Of course, this has been in the forefront of the culture now the past few months, so the timing is weirdly on point. Most of the movie hinges on the big decision Streep's character is facing. Past find the accountants, lawyers, and Wall Street types with prudent 
financial decisions or the newsroom gang by going hard after the government, even if it lands everyone in hot water. It'll come as no surprise that Steven Spielberg knows how to handle this conflict or that the actors are up to the task. It's a very self-assured movie in that regard, possibly too much. You can sort of tell how it'll all play out, which takes away some of the heat, but just some when it comes down to the moment is very effective. And the movie I thought was a joy to watch along the way. I loved all the newsroom stuff, but, you know, I work in a newsroom, so your mileage may vary. They do it very well. There's obviously some artistic license, but I think they nail the overall vibe of what goes on in a newsroom, both when, you know, the stuff hits the fan and maybe even especially in the quieter, regular kind of workaday moments. There are a lot of great supporting cast uh, characters. Tracy Letts is in this. He also played Lady Bird's dad. Um, he plays Streep's right-hand man. There are a bunch of actors we mostly know from TV. Matthew Reese, Carrie Coon, Allison Bree, Jesse Plemons, Zach Woods, Bradley Whitford, Sarah Paulson. They're all terrific. And then there's the curious case of Mr. Show. Both Bob Odenkirk and David Cross are newsroom guys in the post. They created and starred in the sketch comedy show Mr. Show back in the day. Cross went on to star in Arrested Development. We all know Odenkirk as the amazing Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. They are known as a comedy duo together, so it was neat to see them side by side in this movie, this dramatic movie. And Spielberg swears he'd never heard of Mr. Show, that this was all just a coincidence. So it's weird. And I believe him. I don't know why, because he wouldn't, why would he lie about that, right? Odenkirk is particularly good in this. I think after Streep and Hanks, he has got the biggest role and he nails it. He's a reporter that gets a good lead on the Pentagon Papers and it leads to a few uh, soul-searching moments for him, which we know he can do well because we've seen him do it time and time again on Better Call Saul. Hanks is maybe the question mark, believe it or not, but just because of that accent, it's changes a bit throughout the movie. I think if you listen close, he's still great though. He wants to win at any cost, his guy. He wants to beat the government. He also wants to beat the New York Times and maybe doesn't, you know, consider enough what all the ramifications might be, at least not at first. Aside from his accent, I was also very aware that the character he plays is the same one that Jason Robards plays in the 1970s Watergate masterpiece All the President's Men, which is the best newspaper movie there is, and Robards won an Oscar for that performance. But Hanks, even when he's, you know, swinging for the fence and maybe only hits a triple is still pretty much the best actor out there. Uh, if there is a real downside to the po- to the post, it's maybe that it's a little too cold, too perfunctory, even though Spielberg and the writers do add some terrific little grace notes. Everything with this lemonade stand that pops up is amazing. Uh, perhaps leans too heavily into its larger headline about the media's place in the government rather than with its specific characters. I will also acknowledge that as a Spielberg movie with this particular cast, the expectations are higher than for most films and maybe they'll just set the bar too high. The post is going to probably show up at a lot of award shows this year. Who knows how it will fare, though. I mean, it went over at the Golden Globes. So I think grading on the curve with that high bar, the fact the movie said in our chosen profession, Brett, I will give the post four couch cushions out of five. Four out of five for the post. Solid review, Jeff Braun, as always. Thank you very much. Do you think it has a chance for anything at the Oscars after it's shut out at the Globes? I think it still gets a lot of nominations. I don't think that it wins. I yeah. think maybe its best shot would be Bob Odenkirk, but even then, no, because that best supporting actor category is always so stacked. Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't that be nice to and see? And who won? Get... Oh, uh, 
the guy from Three Billboards, what's his name? Oh, uh, Sam Bigger. Rockwell. He won the Golden Globe for it. Everyone thought Willem Dafoe was going to win it. I, I still think Bob Odenkirk gets nominated for it. Okay, well, here's hoping that happens. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly probably will get all the nominations because the, in the United States in particular, the, the press is under so much fire yeah. from its government. Uh, so the timing is it couldn't be more perfect. And you got to wonder how much... Uh, like how much of that came into play when the movie was first created or conceptualized or if it was just a happy coincidence? Uh, Spielberg read the script after the election. He did this whole thing from soup to nuts in nine months. Really? Which is, he wow. said, it's the fastest movie he's ever made. Wow, good for him. Yeah. And is a, he's a master of his craft. Yeah, it was already written before, but... Oh, okay, but he, he, he got the ball rolling. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, uh... Tomb Raider. We mentioned Tomb Raider in the Ugh. news from the couch. This yeah. is a reboot with Alicia Vikander, the uh, of the video. So the video games debuted in the mid '90s, and Lara Croft had this kind of Barbie sort of plastic uh, figure. And then in the movies, they went to probably the uh, who was seen at, at the time as the, the you know one of the sexiest women alive, Angelina Jolie, and they tried to emulate her physique in the in the, in the video games in the film with Angelina Jolie and she was I thought she was a great action star and now they've gone with uh they've reimagined the video games with a more athletic uh, woman, Alicia Vikander, has fulfilled that look. Uh, she looks great. She looks like uh, They still like make a, the video games. Uh, yeah, they just, uh, they've recently, uh, they just in the last few years, I think 2015, and I, I, I might be wrong in this, I don't play video games, I don't follow video games, but I believe it was 2015 mm-hmm. when they relaunched Lara Croft. Uh, I think there's a game called Rise of the Tomb Raider, so this might even very well be loosely based on that. But you had an interesting oh, experience with yeah. Tomb Raider, which debuted in 2001. I tried to watch the movie, the first one. I thought I wanted to watch a movie, and, and they were selling this movie as Angelina Jolie is like a Lady Indiana Jones or something like that. So I was like, "All right, I like Indiana Jones. Let's let her rip." I went, I rented it from a, a, a it was a place called Blockbuster at the time. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. So I rented the movie. I watched half an hour of it. I cannot, for the life of me, remember anything about that half hour. I all I remember is that it wasn't doing it for me. I did not like it. I, I was like, and I thought it was like a nice day out, eh? Yeah. And it's like, I'm not wasting my afternoon watching the rest of this stupid movie. <laughs> I, I was mad. I turned it off. I took it out. I went back to Blockbuster. Didn't even ask for my money back. Just threw it back in the Dropbox in disgust. And that was it. I've never seen I don't know how Tomb Raider ends. I, I wish I could remember what I didn't like about it, but it was so long ago I can't remember. So that that's the first time and only time you've done that? Return to movies? As far as I know, yeah. I, I, I do not recall ever doing that before. I was surprised as it was happening. I was like, I'm, I can't believe I'm doing this. I was here like an hour ago and just gave them $5.50. I'm trying to remember if I've ever done that either with uh, film. I remember, actually, this is kind of funny. I remember when, when I was a kid, it was like, I think, seven or eight years old, and my friend Curtis, he, was, uh, he had all of his friends over, and his dad went to the rent some movies and he came home and I still remember him coming home saying, Hey kids, look what I got. Condor Man. Do you remember Condor Man? Yeah, it was on TV. You don't have to rent it. Yeah, well, (laughs) at the time, I guess it was available on VHS, and I remember liking Condor Man. Me too. But Curtis did not like Condor Man, and he chased his dad out of the house to go go back and rent something (laughs) else. This is crap. Don't you come back and come back with Back to the Future. I think he came back with Jaws 3. I don't know. 3D. I, yeah, that's right, Jaws 3D, pardon me. We, we, we couldn't watch it in 3D. but National was... Lampoon wanted to write that movie, and they wanted to call it Jaws 3 People 1, or People <laughs> 0, or something like that. <laughs> 
that's pretty it's a cool. good title. Uh, so, so there's that, and I th- I don't know that I've ever returned a film, but I definitely have returned a video game. The uh, the Ninja Gaiden, I believe, is how you pronounce those games. Oh. Everybody, uh, we always just say Ninja Gaiden. You ever play the Ninja Gaiden games? No. Okay. Well, for the for the N- Nintendo Entertainment System, they are some of the hardest games ever made. Oh, really? Anywhere? Just so hard that it's just not fun. Uh, not well. They're they're fun, but they're they're difficult. And the the cool things about the Ninja Gaiden games, actually, as they relate to what we do with the Couch Potatoes, is they're the first games to really introduce the cinematic style cutscenes. So it was oh, the yeah. first, like they they were revolutionary video games. What'd you return? They well, I'm getting there. So the first two games were good. But I never beat them. I came close. I came so close, <laughs> but I could never beat them. The third game was I couldn't even get through the first level. Oh couldn't even get through half the first level. And they, unlike the first two games where you had unlimited continues, you could just keep playing and you could play the same level a thousand times and die, 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 and just keep going. But with Ninja Gaiden 3, you got three lives and you're done. And then so, had to start back at the beginning. Yeah. Even if you got to level three, back to level one, you go. Yeah. So Ouch. I just thought this is, and I couldn't even get through that first level anyway. Yeah. So I played that for 30 minutes and then promptly returned it and rented something I was likely more familiar with, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. That was know. a good game though. The first the arc- one? The arcade game is the one I recall playing. Oh, the arcade game was yeah. the best arcade game ever. I played that, the first time I played that was in uh, Florida, on Merritt Island in nice. Florida, outside Orlando, and I played it with three guys I'd never met. I think we were all tourists, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it, it was brand new, and I, I spent $20 when I was 13 years old, Holy 20 smokes. bucks the arcade. was. Hey, exciting. you're on vacation. That's uh, it's, that's all right. <laughs> you know, now that I think of it, that Laura Croft Tomb Raider thing, return that. I remember that movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie. Yep. I hated that with a passion. <laughs> Okay. I fell asleep in the theater during Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The Loom of Fate. I th- yeah, Unwanted, yeah. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> but I think I might just have a problem with Angelina Jolie in general <laughs> now that I- I'm trying to remember a movie where I really liked her. What about The Changeling, the Clint Eastwood nope, movie? No, that's one of his worst movies. <laughs> Seriously. Is it one of his worst movies because of her? I don't, I don't, uh... No, I don't think I can blame okay. it on her. I have to go back and look at my notes on that one. I can't really remember it, but <laughs> but yeah, no, there's not a lot of good Angelina Jolie. What about Hackers? Movie. Well, that's just a bad movie. Come on. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think of other Angelina Jolie movies. Drawing a blank. Yeah, we'll we'll think of something. Okay, maybe that could be your mission. Try to find a movie <laughs> with Angelina Jolie that you didn't hate. Exactly. Up next, I'll tell you about the first season of Marvel's Runaways, which just which just wrapped up this week on Showcase, and uh, it was a real winner. I'll tell you why. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes, and this week marked the end of Season 1 of what turned out to be a really pleasant surprise for me, Marvel's Runaways. None of our parents are who we thought. Something really weird is going on. So many questions. No matter what we are, we can't let our parents keep getting away with this stuff. We cannot let anyone undermine what we're doing. We're gonna need another sacrifice. It aired in the United States on Hulu, the same streaming service that brought us season one of The Handmaid's Tale. And in Canada, it aired on Showcase. It's based on a comic book series by Marvel, and it is set within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, although we don't, there's no crossover or anything like that. The comics first debuted in July 2003, about six teenagers who learn 
Their parents are part of an evil organization known as The Pride. It lasted only 18 issues and was cancelled in September 2004, but it did really well with trade collection sales, i.e. when they bunch all the comics together and sell them as larger volumes. So Marvel revived the series in February of 2005. A screen adaptation was originally planned for the big screen, with development starting in 2008. Eventually that was shelved, and in 2016, Hulu ordered a pilot for it. Thank you, Wikipedia, by the way, for all of that information. The first season, consisting of 10 episodes, wrapped up last week on Hulu and this week on Showcase, and it has been renewed for a 13-episode second season. I will admit, when I first saw a promo for this in Showcase, I'd never even heard of The Runaways. Not in comics, not being in development for TV, nothing. And quite frankly, I thought it looked stupid. But being one, a big fan of Marvel, and two, a completist, I feel like I have to watch everything Marvel, even that garbage Inhumans series that was on ABC in the fall. That's right, Inhumans, still sitting on my PVR. I watched the first episode. I just can't bring myself to watch the rest, but I can't bring myself to delete them either because I know there's supposed to be a tie-in with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And By the way, Season 5 of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been really cool. I thought sending them into space would be dumb, but it's actually been a lot of fun. Anyway, Train of Thought is getting derailed here and dangerously close to flying off the cliff. I started watching Marvel's Runaways, and right away I was impressed with how they were able to introduce not just the six teenagers, but all their parents so swiftly and effectively within I think like the first 15 minutes of that first show I knew who all of the characters were and I already cared about all of them and it was also interesting because we got to see things not just from the kids perspective but the parents as well are they actually bad people maybe not so why are they doing these bad things and when their kids eventually push back because you know that's where it's going to go Whose side are the parents going to be on? Are they going to have a face-off with the kids? Yeah, some of the kids have superpowers, and other kids have these fancy gadgets that let them do cool stuff. And yeah, there's ultimately a supervillain, so there's some typical comic book stuff in it, but that's all just window dressing. At its core, Marvel's Runaways is a really fascinating family drama, which had a thrilling and genuinely touching finale and an awesome cliffhanger. So Marvel's Runaways, I had not heard of it, thought it looked stupid, and now I'm really excited for season two. That's all the time we have. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.